after drawing comics myself, I really started to respect what was done. Like just the things that had come before, you mean? No, just the difficulty in what I considered shit after, you know, much, much akin to anyone. It's like, let me see you do better. And, you know, when you try, you realize, oh, shit, that isn't as easy a task as I had uh, alluded to. And then when you're trying to do it yourself, you really start to feel bad that uh, you made fun of someone else's successful attempt. Yeah. Just because you didn't understand the art process or the art approach. But now there's some Kirby uh, art that and stories about how it was created. I remember uh, watching an interview where uh, they were talking about they were doing an interview with Jack and he was at his desk drawing the entire time. And this person interviewing was talking to him and he was doing this double page spread of Captain America in an airport, a busy airport, people just moving back and forth and he's standing and there's people in front of him and behind him passing him. And he's looking out those big bay windows at the planes in the background, taking off, landing, taxiing. And he started in the upper left corner, just started drawing. And like a printer went down to the lower right corner hmm. before he had the thing done. Wow. That Oh, that's great. That's uh, wild. I would I would love to watch. I wish somebody had that recorded because that would have been insane. Yeah. I've seen artists that can do that. Uh, there was a Korean artist who drew like that. He drew his comics like that. It was just basically blank sheet of paper, uh, ballpoint pen or brush pen or uh, ProQuill pen or whatever and just started sectioning off panels and filling in the art and but you know an hour later he's got a big uh two-page spread of action that all looks like it was intended to be where it is hmm. get his name he just died recently uh Kim Jung Gi, Kim Jung Gi, K I J U N G G I. Um, he he died October third last year, but his 
I've watched several videos. He didn't speak English. He had an interpreter that would uh, talk through his uh, videos, but just amazing. Anamorphic characters or uh, human characters, all in perspective, all action shit happening. It's just, it was just amazing. Hmm. Like, this person is not human. But I am trying my damnedest to uh, open up the PDF for volume one so that I can save a low res version so everybody can get at it. Oh, before I forget, because I know I will, I had an idea for something that I don't want to talk about on air yet, but would love to uh, bounce off of people. Okay. And can we have a, what is that related to? Uh, I had an idea for a role-playing system. Okay. Well, you and I had been talking about working on something anyways, so. Yes. Well, this, uh, you've had those, those moments where you're trying to think of like how you would handle something mm -hmm. and, uh, it, it all started with the most ridiculous. And I say that in, in all open honesty, uh, idea for a weapon statting system. Okay. Well, because we always talk about hack and slash, right? Mm -hmm. Hack, slash, smash, stab. Hack. hack. Piercing, slashing, and bludgeoning, yes. No, no, but calling it hack, slash, smash, stab. Okay. Those are, those are words for the same things. I've yes. fallen you so far. But, like purposely using those words not not yeah. to avoid like copyright or anything but as part of an overall like theme or aesthetic kind of thing approaching it for what it is yeah yeah um and i was like oh wow i really i i think i might have something that i might want to try somehow somewhere just to like See if this idea has any merit, because I kind of dig the idea I came up with, and I could be the only one that digs it. I don't know. Did, did we ever test the Soulcaster on air? I know we played, um, uh, and they were they were slightly yes. op. Yes, I thought um, I thought we did play them online. The, oh, tini oh. the tiniest bit. Uh, oh, yes, before before Payday and Shojin buggered off. Yeah, it was it was just like an encounter, right? No, there was like three or four weeks, and it was because it it waffled between being just grossly op, uh, but it was for the but it was grossly or, or when Chad played it, absolutely suicidal. Well, because it started out just fucking brutal. 
Yeah, we we made it impossible to play. Yes, yes. Fearing that it would be OP. Yes. But uh, yeah, I was like, I wonder if there's like enough here to make like. Oh, it couldn't even be like a D twenty thing, like a like a five E thing. It would have to be its own thing. But I was like, mm, I really like the ideas that I have here. This sounds fun. Well, then I would love to bounce those ideas off uh, with you. I would love that. Cool. I'm well, I'm I'm the next to run something. Correct. Yes. Uh, and okay. My uh, well, I was, and and I think it was a. Uh, if I think I can. Yes. Or somebody else was prepared to take over while I remained busy doing other things, which might possibly be, but my idea I had was trying to run Diablo in D and D. Hmm. You know how, you know, sorcerer just keeps casting the same spell over and over and over and over. Yeah. Well, trying to, and then a druid could shape change as many times as it fucking wants, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, trying to come up with a way to govern that within the rules of D and D. And the thing I was leaning towards was, uh, kind of like the, uh, dragon's breath refresh system. Sure. You roll a, a D six on a five or a six. You can do it again. Otherwise pick a different spell. No, sp no spell slots. No, you know, this or that. Can't just keep casting fireball over and over. But this is how you manage that. And trying to balance that with uh, fighters. Yeah. How, how does that work when the wizard has an unlimited bazooka ammo and uh, the fighters over there with his slingshot? I think there's, there's to figure ways to, to do that. How would you balance that? So, being that this this isn't a game system I've invented, this right. is just an augmenting a D and D. Okay, mission. so the the first balancing act would be that a, a sorcerer is never going to have multi attack. Nope. So you can kind of like. Not that it's inherently a balancing thing, uh, but that's step number one: is that the the you introduce multi attack faster for your mm -hmm. non every 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 odd level you gain an attack, something like that. Um, and the and then oh, oh, I just noticed uh, every odd level you gain an attack. And you can sacrifice attacks to empower your next attack. Okay. So you have eight attacks this turn. Well, I'm going to use four, but they're all going to be power attacks, which means they all add, if they hit, 1d10 to the damage. Okay. So my, my thought was uh, borrowing from another game that we all used to play on our phones. Um, Chain hit. Okay. What game was this? 
Marvel Future Fight. Oh, okay. So, okay. so there was the CTP of energy. Mm-hmm. And that rewarded characters that had lots of attacks that like all chained together. And they get, they get bigger exponential, uh, that, that word. <laughs> uh, you could do either, you know, more damage, the more hits. Uh, I was thinking something along the lines of uh, on a turn, uh, and you'd have to find a way to govern it so that it couldn't be like every turn. But like, you know, you have like action surge or something. So instead mm -hmm. of action surge just giving you like, you know, a whole nother turn, you do something where like, well, uh, I'm going to go for, you know, chain hit this turn and you can just keep attacking as long as you keep hitting. Okay. Up to, up to some, you know, you'd have to cap it at something. At their level. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds fine, except for everyone's bored because fuck, it's the warrior's turn. I'm gonna go make a pizza. I mean, I would probably do something like I. There would also need to be some simplified damage rules for a lot of things, because even like even with uh, a sorcerer, you know, at some point the sorcerer would essentially get powerful enough that they're going to be able to fireball every turn, right? Well, that's where that uh, is the fireball off cooldown. You have sure. to roll, roll on your turn, check. Okay, it's not, I got, oh, fire, a lightning bolt this turn. Okay, now the lightning bolt and the fireball are on cooldown. Uh, I'll fire this. Right. And neither but that's, of them came out. Kind of thing. Yeah. That's a shitload of dice that they're going to be rolling. Yes. And counting and putting together and figuring it out. Like, and rolling save for and concentrations. Right. And, yeah. right. Yeah. So there would need to be, you know, some balancing act in that way. But I think, you know, a, a skill for a martial class to be able to, you know, enter a berserking or whatever, and they just, you know, they're going to go off and... <laughs> You know, this turn they're going to be able to roll. You know, attack until they miss. Like that, it it doesn't have to be every turn that they can do that. But you know, it'd be a cool thing for. That'd be that, you said it was the uh, CTP of energy. It it could also be something that they could quest for. Sure, an item or some kind of. You know, knowledge, or you have to go on. You have to go on a, a quest, and you have to earn it. Yeah. At a certain, you only get that at a certain level. Yeah, and I will say that is one thing that I'm. I'm not saying that older editions of D and D were better. I'm not, but that's one thing that I really enjoyed about my monk was I hit a level, and then like to get better, I had to go do specific things mm -hmm. because 
that's how I was supposed to like learn. Yeah. I mean, we out have, and gets a quest to go find a horse. Right. Yeah. Kind like, of thing. Yeah. You have these things in Diablo. You have these things in other games, but you know, when you sit down at the table, we've gotten away from that. Yeah, the the whole idea came from the fact that Diablo and World of Warcraft in in general, I loved playing the Druid. Yeah, and it just seems when I sit down at a D and D table, that is not the character I want to play. Right. Because it's not fun that way. Right. And I was thinking the whole time, how can I make this like this? You know, how can I square the circle here and make these things meet? There is a... The idea was, okay, take away the shifting uh, limitations. Yeah. Okay. That's not... Hey, I don't understand why those are there. Anything you shift into is weaker than the warrior. So why are you punishing me? Uh, yeah, yeah. I it's, mean, it's you also can turn into a wolf. Okay, it's shit. You can turn into a a bird. Okay, you can fly, but it's gonna it, it attacks worse than the rogue. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's even worse than polymorph. Absolutely. Because with Polymorph, you can turn into a goddamn dinosaur. Yeah, and you can't ever do that as a as a druid. Right. So, yeah, removing a lot of those limitations was, was job one. Yeah. No, I will say, I, I am... Uh, I was not the WoW druid fan that uh, you, and, you and Mr. Bookman are. Uh, but... I mean, I'm I'm playing Diablo Four as I speak. I am playing a druid, and I am having a goddamn blast. I, I, sh- I told you, it's fucking fun, man. They are. I should be. Time. I should be level a hundred tonight. I think I'm still ninety-seven. Then, if you're ninety-seven, I'm now ahead of you. Just crazy to me. You got a huge ass lead. Mm-hmm. But, but I also play other games. That's true. I do not. We we have, I think we have uh, established this. Chad starts to play a game, and that's the game Chad plays. Focus fire. Whereas yeah. I have just been super excited because it's Yakuza season. So ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, as, it, as as has the boy. I assume he's still bugging you about uh, the tattoos. Uh, not so you much. And, you, you, you and the missus uh, no. getting here matching full tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I can't get her. I can't get her on board Bad. with letting me get one. Sad face. So I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get her on board with the with us getting matching or coordinated. That's a shame. I think Nicole getting like the full dragon back tattoo would be pretty badass. I agree. I think that, I think that would completely change her image around the office. It probably would. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely have to like get one of those like uh, like sumo wrestler diapers so she can 
you know, have that and mow the lawn and the neighbors can appreciate this full back tattoo because where else, you know, no one's going to see it. It's a point unless people can appreciate it, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> it's why I don't get a tattoo because, you know. Because you'd have to I'd, wear an adult diaper? <laughs> I'd have to wear a diaper to show it off, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. That and, you know, the needle repeatedly stabbing me. That, that part is less appealing than I imagined. Yeah, I guess uh, as, as someone who is fairly tattooed, uh, I can probably count on one hand the number of times while getting tattooed that the the needle was a legitimate, like, I don't like this. Okay. And it was It was very predictably painful spots on the body. On the top of the shoulder, you know, uh, approaching. Well, it's usually where the skin is thin and the bones are near, correct? Yeah, yeah. Or conversely, uh, just incredibly, like, like super fatty, no, like, not no muscle, but but not like on the muscle tattoos. So like the inside of your arm, thin skin, soft, delicate, doesn't see a yeah. lot of uh, wear and tear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there is a reason that my upper left arm is is primarily the outside of the arm and not on the inside. I mean, at some point, I will have something on the inside of my arm, but uh, that's that's going to have to come at a point where I have forgotten what it felt like to get close to that. <laughs> because holy shit! Okay. Plus, I need to find something that I'm okay with having on the inside of my arm. Uh, yellow pages? No. Your sideways no. vagina face. Ah, no. <laughs> Dick house. <laughs> I hate you all. Because she's yeah. a dick. House. House. <laughs> matcha, matcha. Just letting it all hang out. Yeah. One day you guys are going to have the kind of fuck up dreams I have. And then when somebody mocks you for it, then then I'm going to laugh at you. Wait, that was in your dream? Yes. The dick house. No, not the dick house. Oh. Which is only hilariously God's house. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which I don't think you knew at the time. True. Uh. So has anybody uh, watched anything nifty lately? Uh, the finale of Loki is... Uh, Amazing? Tearing up the Marvel Universe. Uh, uh, there's 
lots of theories that uh, Kang is out and Doom is in. Yeah. Yeah, that's the last thing I heard was that. Uh, yeah, I was talking to a guy at work, and I he goes, uh, I haven't watched it. Is it any good? And I'm like, I really can't fight the feeling that this is a course correction for Marvel. They yeah. They have seen things not living up to their usual hype, and they've gone back to Old Faithful, you know, if it isn't Robert Downey Jr., it's Tom Hiddleston when people think of Marvel. Yeah. And rightly so, because that was fantastic. And such a fitting end. Well, apparently that line at the end that he says right before he walks through the door, he improvised it. And it's based on Loki's last lines in the original Thor movie. Yeah. You, you didn't catch that? Oh, I, I didn't remember it. And honestly, ah, okay. I was at the time watching it. I was just kind of like, what the fuck is happening? You know, kind of. Yeah. Because I was not uh, familiar with... Uh, Loki, agent of Asgard storyline. So uh, that didn't really dawn on me what it meant as far as story wise. Okay. Until I saw Idrisil. Then I was like, oh, he made the world tree. Oh, okay. Yeah, fuck Kang. Who needs Kang? Right. Yeah, so yeah. That, that made sense. I mean, I, I drew my own cl conclusions there, but I didn't know any of the backstory. Yeah. I, um... I'm really kind of excited for what... I mean, it makes sense why I said, like, watching the first episode, it's like they put a lot of money into this series. Yes. The special effects were fucking beautiful. The set was... Just so it wasn't like they just filmed it in a McDonald's parking lot, even though that right. was one of the settings. OB's office. Yeah. Or what What was, I mean, freeze frame. Can we just focus on some of the shit in the background? Right. And then there was a whole uh, new rock stars video dedicated to the post-its he has on his wall. <clears throat> and they yeah. like identified all 212 of them or something. Yeah, it's insane. It went, it went through and they're like, you know, referencing what they mean. And, and uh, I'm like, well, well, fuck sickles. That's, yeah, that's a lot of damage. The, uh, the attention to detail that they, they gave this season is just like, Marvel always tries to get the little things right. They do. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes they do better than other times. But man, this season was just chock full of. Home yeah. Home. And that I mean, I don't know who doesn't have Disney Plus, you know. And that's if you're uh, if you're if you're a huge. Show. What's that? That's where I can find this Loki show. It's on the Disney yes. Plus. OK, the Disney Plus. Yeah. Um. But I mean, if you're a Marvel fan, why don't you have Disney Plus? You know, because 
but I would say honestly that this is the first Disney Plus must see uh, after WandaVision, possibly. Yeah, I would say WandaVision and then Loki as a whole, not just season two, but as a whole. Yeah, uh, the first season was was freaking informative, and it honestly didn't. If this wasn't the storyline they had planned when they did season one, it's amazing how they made all these pieces fit. Right. Because I don't think that was the story they had planned when they did season one. Kang was the story. Yeah. This was the setup. This was the unveiling. This was the, you know, the masks off. Here he is. And then they made all this shit work at it because it all makes sense it all comes back to the end of the first season which honestly buttons it up nice and tight and they pulled enough from existing comics to to make a, a legitimate uh bid for why things went the way they did right I like the line. How long would it be take for me to know everything you know? Centuries. Okay. Centuries later. <laughs> like, yeah. God. Like, they, God, they, they did such great. Yeah. The, the, every time he tried, every time he tried, don't set it down because obviously that was a failure in the past. Yep. They, they told, this story and they gave you all this exposition and they, they made you feel the gravity of his centuries of work. Well, and, and all of it was, and he says it to Sylvie in that bar because he, he wants his friends back. Right. He's finally found a place that accepts him and, Right. Knows who he is and he knows who he is finally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love him, the actor, so much and uh, what he's done with that character. He is Loki. I mean, yeah. as much as Robert was uh, Tony and Chris was uh, Steve, you know, they perfect casting and no one will ever be able to see anyone else in that role. No, no. I mean, I I would accept a show, a Loki show with Sylvie. Um, because I almost have to, because he's not going to be available. Right. Not in this, you know, because his throne is, there's no bathroom breaks. No. And I guess one of the producers said uh, the end of this uh, season of Loki took uh, Loki, God of Asgard, from little G to big G. Yeah, absolutely. Big G is the OG because for a character that's been there since the beginning... 
didn't come until Thor, but he was the first big baddie. Yeah. Yeah. No. That yeah. Wonderful job. The 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 show looked beautiful. Uh, so much backstory. So much. So much historical events. Uh, touched on the the World's Fair in Chicago and all that. That was that was yeah. it's great. And that was such a fantastic set design. Such a a fantastic way to handle that. And a place to put one of his variants that, wait, I thought he was from the 32nd century or something. No. Right. His variants can appear at any point in time. Right. And then it seems like uh, the TVA now at the end of the series is basically, that's their purpose is to basically make sure Kang isn't out there fucking it up again. Right. So he, I don't know if that was just a throwaway line for the end of that series to explain where Kang ended up, but uh, I really don't see him playing a big role in MCU in no. the future. No. I mean, they kind I, of like stepped, they, they took a hard Back step away from him with all his the drama. issues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, it's uh it's rough. I mean, I think the only the only people that had a worse week than uh Jonathan Majors are Cleveland Browns fans. What happened to the Browns fans? We're having a fantastic week. <laughs> uh so Deshaun Watson, the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns and uh, lover of all things that end with a happy ending, uh, is out for the season. What do you I do? Mean, uh, that's a happy ending for Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, so Deshaun Watson, uh, I'm, are you aware of, of the problems that, that he ran into? Well, I, I I know he was like the rookie and paid a bunch, and then he got suspended or some oh, shit. He, yeah, he wasn't a rookie. He he was a well respected veteran who, after he got uh, traded, uh, it. I mean, there were rumblings about it beforehand, but uh, it really came to a head after he got traded. He was sexually harassing uh, massage and therapist staff. I mean, he sat out the entire previous season before he was traded for his allegations. So it was not a surprise. It was just they decided that they weren't going to come down on him with a permanent ban. So that's why they traded him. So. And who would trade for him? Cleveland. Fucking Cleveland. And they they didn't just like kind of trade for him. They gave up multiple first round draft picks, lots of shit. And then on top of that, find him to like a $250 million fully guaranteed contract. Right now, to be fair, we consistently give first round draft picks to people that don't deserve it. So it's not really more of a waste than we were already wasting on first round draft picks. True. I mean, we just spike those into the ground every fucking year. 
that uh, you're, you're right there. One out of our last eight, I think, is still functional. Yeah. Two, two, because Chubb and Miles um, Garrett. So when Deshaun Watson was playing, the, the Browns had an okay record, we'll say, but he always looked like shit. He just, he looked bad. This past week, he looked good, and they beat the Baltimore Ravens, much to my chagrin. And then uh, it comes out, he's got a severe high ankle sprain, and something is busted in his shoulder. He is done for the season. And this was the first year on his contract where the Browns were paying full price. Because last year they got, uh, I don't want to call it a discount, but he, because of the the allegations and the looming suspension and all that, it was only like what a million dollars last year. Uh, I, I don't even know what it was actually. Um, it wasn't a lot. It was enough that last year counted as the first year of his contract, and we didn't right. pay him the full thing because he was suspended for a length of time. Right. Um, but this so year, it counted, like, but it was also a very low. It was a low dollar amount. It, it, yeah, it was a low dollar amount because they could for spread the entire contract pay. over the course of all of those years and yeah. pay him in different things. So they gave him like a large signing bonus, and that counts. Basically, everything you do, your signing bonus or whatever the fucks, they just divide well, it by the number of years and add that to your budget every year. So yeah. his cap hit was the same, but we only paid like a million dollars out of pocket, but that's after we paid a huge fucking signing bonus. So right. there's a bunch of mm. stuff that goes on with that. But yeah, but this year was like, bro, like 48 million out of pocket. Um, maybe, I don't know. It was a it was a lot. I mean, I do believe that some of that comes back with their to play the food insurance ball? policy because he's out. But it'll he'll still get paid that. We'll just get part of it back for insurance. Yeah, but he played what five of the games this year? A couple of half games. I don't know. Either way, like. Like, he was not the reason we won anything besides the Ravens game, and that was even because he fucked it up in the first half. Right. Yeah, it was uh, whew, tough time. Tough time to be a Browns fan. When is it a good time to be a Browns fan? It's and never a good time. Okay. That's why I'm not a Browns fan anymore. What are you? I know you like football. Who's your team now? I'm a Ravens fan. Oh. I say, did you go to Steelers like my wife? No, God, no. The only team that I hate more than the Cleveland Browns is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I mean, I, I at least would have a an excuse for Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, I went to school there. Right. <laughs> but still. Yeah, no, I... I, and like I thought about rooting for the Raiders, and I thought about a couple Cincinnati. Other no, not Cincinnati. Okay. No, I. It, it basically it came down to I wanted a team that I was going to be able to 
without paying the NFL just a shitload of money uh, that I could watch more than two games a year. Uh, and I wanted a team that was not Cleveland or the Steelers. So that really left me with uh, the Bengals or the Ravens. And I didn't want to root for the Bengals, so I said, well, I guess I was just about 15 years too late following the team out of town. So I just followed the old Browns to Baltimore. Which made it really hard to watch the team suck it up so fucking bad this week. But knowing that that was the last game that Deshaun Watson is going to play this season kind of makes it okay. And I don't normally try and revel in the injury of another human being. But, man, I just, I have significant issues with Deshaun Watson. That, That guy is a fucking monster. Uh, well, at least they're not Ohio State. I, I don't root for them either. I, I can't. It seems like every week it's like they're playing some high school team. Just That's kind of all the big college like teams. Right. right. I know. And it's just like this is entertaining. Karen, well, Karen went up with her friends and was uh, watching it up at lenders in town and i flipped it on to see what the score was and it was like 37 to 3 or some shit and i'm like the fuck yeah what 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 do you basically commercials three good games and a lot of scrimmages all year pretty much kind of what it comes down to and that's every football team that's not just ohio state that's how like alabama plays like two opponents a year and then just a bunch of cupcakes she yeah. was uh, giving me updates last night because I guess she checked on on uh, line and University of Akron was playing like Central Michigan or something, and they went to double overtime. Wow! So I'm like, it's like whenever no one expects them to do anything, uh, Akron like has the game of their life. Yeah. And in people who try and defend the 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 big schools playing the cupcakes will point at like Appalachian State uh a couple of, I don't know, it's probably been a decade now. Well, uh, if they, if they want to point to something the what they point to is any given Sunday, you know, kind of Yeah, it's but it's not that it basically Ohio State subsidizes other programs cuz well, they pay yeah. them to come play. There's entire programs that would not exist if they did not get paid to lose to bigger schools. So effectively, they're just sharing revenue with a cupcake team while they get the scrimmage. Which is kind of a shame because... It doesn't really constitute entertainment, though. And it seems like like a lot of shit to, uh, I mean... 
every week it's this crazy hype. I don't know. I, I just college football just it's baseball to me. I don't get it. I kind of gave up on college football. Um, the the team that I kind of cared about has just been bad for like a decade now. The, the only one I care about is uh, University of Akron. It's only because my girls go there and play in the band. Right. I mean, I have no, you know, I, I, I'm not disappointed when they lose. I honestly expect them to. Uh, but, you know, I'm excited when they win. And, sure. and, and if they're winning, it's a fucking game. Right. Because it isn't like they're playing someone who's, you know, way better than them or, you know, beneath them. It's always some other shit team on their level. Right. Yeah, but I guess they played Indiana State or Illinois State or something a couple of weeks ago and took them to overtime. And they keep playing these bigger schools and, like, having the games of their life. I'm like, why can't you put that shit together when people, you know, in your division are on the field? But... Yeah. yeah, like I said, I, I I don't I don't lose anything uh, based on you know how well they're doing. It's just entertain. It's actually entertaining when they do well. Yeah. <clears throat> Otherwise, I'm I'm at the stadium for a different reason. Right. And <laughs> the girls' last game this season is on Black Friday. Ooh. Noon, Black Friday. I will be in freaking Info Shizen Stadium in Akron, Ohio. I'm like, will uh, will your wife be there? Yeah. Okay. Well, I I only ask, and I'm not trying to be a dick. Like, I know Black Friday is kind of a thing for her. Um. Black Friday is not a thing for anybody anymore. The way they do the the ads and the sales, and I mean, she went and bought an air fryer, and it's Black Friday prices. You know, she bought it like last week. So yeah, because we have one, but Bean keeps stealing it, taking it to school. Mm. So you know, she has it at her apartment. So uh, my middle son uh, put in his notice. What? Yeah. He's not in a shoe game anymore. Oh no, he is. He's just changing changing who he pedals shoes for. Oh, he's changing teams. What? Yeah, uh, you know in his last high heel market. Yeah, you know in his last day is Black Friday. Yep, because he's got to get that green. Yep. I I mean I won't air his dirty laundry for him, but uh, it's. It was a long time coming. We should air it off air, though, because I am interested. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's in, He's probably going to be, well, not probably, he'll be leaving the area at some point next year. Now, he's, he, he works for a smaller company, right? No. No, the company that he works for is the second largest company. Uh, urban apparel and shoe outfitter in the country. Oh, okay. 
I'm not in that universe, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, Are you it, thinking the, of Payless? No, I thought of... Wasn't it Champs? Yes. Okay, I thought that was like, you know, Joe's Foot Locker, you know, kind no, of thing. No. Uh, they... So along the way, you know, when we were teenagers, young adults, there was a lot of companies out there selling apparel and shoes. Yeah. Today, that had like the, the, you know, mail order part of it. And you had, you know, Foot Locker and Champs. And it, those are now like all those companies still exist. They're just under two umbrellas. It's either Champs owned or it's Foot Locker owned. They just kept a lot of the branding for the old stuff because that's what worked. So, yeah. And then, like, even inside of that, like, you know, with Champs, you have what they call a red store or a blue store. And a red one of them is, like, more shoe-based and one of them is more apparel-based. But they still sell, you know, apparel or shoes. But it just like the footprint of the store, how much is dedicated to such a thing, mm -hmm. changes. And like it's it's you know, it's a thing. But now that he's he he's going to be changing companies, he's going to be doing some training locally, and then he's going to be moving on to uh, take a co-store manager position at a large new facility that's going to be opening in uh, Dylan's neck of the woods. Yeah, he's happy about this? Oh, he's fucking stoked. He wants out. And that's all that matters. Yeah. He's been he's been trying with his current company to get out of the area and that just never materialized and some other things and whatnot. And he just was like, okay, well fine. Now he's he's going to go do this, and he's and as a as a parent, you know, you just want your kid to do well and be happy. And yeah, this this seems like I mean, this isn't where he, he. I mean, he went to college. This is not. I know he did this in high school, right? Yeah, yeah. And he went to college to basically just uh, shore up the management side of that. Actually, no, he was going no. to college for law oh right right i forgot yeah and yeah realized so, you know well, what he hates <laughs> law, law. <laughs> uh, and i mean he he's looking at you know his current employment whatever like he doesn't want to be a retail person forever he wants to get into the world of fashion mm -hmm. but you know that's Urban fashion and high fashion, those are like drastically different things. Yeah, but those those lanes are crossing more they are. than you than you think. Yes. because uh, urban streetwear, you know whatever it it it's on the runway almost as much as uh couture stuff. So Right. So he's he he wants to end up, you know, in a urban fashion thing, whether that's as a designer or as a like a uh, you know boutique kind of owner or something like that. Like he's mm -hmm. not real sure yet, but 
yeah, he's he's definitely looking to make make some inroads in that area. Which on one hand, like I'm super happy that he's got a plan, and on the other hand, I'm like, damn son, I wish I wish you would have listened to me for the opportunity that I was trying to set you up with because I had an opportunity to, you know, if he's just needing a stepping stone and a way to, you know, save some cash and whatnot. I kind of was trying to set him up with something, and that wasn't what he was interested in. What was that? Uh, come sell for daddy plastic and, and listen to uh, the person that I was going to set him up with. Uh-huh. And oh, learn the business? Well, learn sales. Mm-hmm. And not like like retail sales, like high-dollar sales to kind of get that like you know the how things work at like a you know if you're a store owner Mm -hmm. or a you know wholesaler or something like that like making million dollar deals with uh right retailers right yeah like the other end of my building yeah yeah Because uh, my the, the the largest salesman for our company uh, work in my in, in this area, like this is their home office. Uh, and there's a reason for that. It has nothing to do with location and it has everything to do with personnel. Yeah, I mean, sales, you can always travel. Yes. I mean, all you, all you need is a, a phone and a connection. Contact someone. I mean, 90% of the stuff uh, happens in my office is over the phone. But then those, there's those events, those meetings that... yeah. Yeah, that's what we're in right now. The we're in the world of mocks this time of year, mm-hmm. and I mean we're doing everything. We're doing Valentine's Day. We're doing Halloween. We're doing Christmas for next year. Yep. And all the meetings are taking place in the coming weeks. You know, first of December. Typically, uh, we won't see a bunch of people, and then they'll all show back up for the Christmas party, and then they're back on the road. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. But a lot of trips to here, there, and everywhere to show a bunch of uh, mocked-up products to somebody, and yep, get the big check. Yep. Drives us crazy because we're like, man, it's mad rush in a short period of time to get, you know, hundreds of pieces of art finished, you know, approved, mocked up, packaged, shipped in the hands of who needs them in front of the eyes who needs to see them for them to give it five seconds of a look and then it's thrown away isn't that maddening 
It's fucking absolutely frustrating. I mean, we go crazy trying to get all this shit done in time. And granted, sometimes it's the wire. We're, we're right there. Right. But we've... And then... I would just want to email like thumbs up, thumbs down. How'd it go? You know, right. <laughs> I want a status report. It's like, I got you this shit. Did it make a difference? Right. But, yeah. Like <clears throat> while, while it's your sale, it's your victory or, or, you, you know, or not, you know, you, you have skin in that game. Yeah. And I don't have a commission in that game. Right. But uh, that was why that uh, when I went with uh, Brad and Marsha down to Bentonville mm -hmm. to Walmart, and we basically had a, it would have taken longer to mock them up in Ashland and ship them than for us to just go down there and mock them there. Yeah. So we went down for uh, like two and a half days. We went down there and the three of us put all this shit together, me and Brad put it together basically. But uh yeah, it was it was faster to do that. But it was really interesting because I kind of got to see, you know, the other side of that relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, we took it into their little building that looks like a fake Walmart, you know, with aisles and everything, and they set the mocks up in the you know, if it's for Black Friday, they have those pre-pros, those cardboard setups where everything is stacked, you know, how it, how you see it on Black Friday. And they just line the aisles with it and the big wigs walk it. See where, what everything looks like, what it's going to be. And... I know that deal was like a five to ten million dollar deal. All, yeah, all said and done, and that was one one holiday. Do you yeah. remember the Big names one. of any of uh, the the products? No, the Walmart people that you met with. Oh no, I didn't meet with anybody. I remember I just went oh, in, okay. seen them. I didn't That's meet with them. I carried the stuff into their building and set it up in their lobby while because we weren't allowed to walk the gotcha. floor because other people's products were out there other people's mocks were out there oh yeah that's a good yes yeah, it's, it's the entire store it's not just they set up an aisle where our stuff's going to be it's where hasbro's shit's going to be it's where you know right that's a good point you know every thing you see on black friday is planned Ahead of time. Yeah. I was just curious because uh, I, I know one of those people. I was just, would have been. I don't remember. I don't remember his name. I'm horrible with names anyways. That's why wow. I can't be in sales. Yeah. I, like, I knew that the, the guy that I graduated with, and, like, he's, he's a big deal in the Walmart company now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't realize how big of a deal he was 
And I'm not going to lie, like, I, I put that as a feather in his cap because he's still just Billy that I went to school with. Mm-hmm. And like, I wouldn't say that we were friends in school. That would be, that would be overselling it, but we were cordial. We played several sports over the years together. You know, we were, you know, always fine. Um, but yeah, like you, you, I run into him at the Fox every now and again when he's in town to see his family and still the same dude, still same goofy, hilarious dude. Yeah. Uh, would never know that you're sitting with like a, an important decision maker for the Wally world. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. He's, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same animal. Yeah. That is the salesperson, the opposite side. It's, it's all about personality and trust. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you have to, I mean, you can lie and you can make the sale, but you're not going to make another one. Right. You can, you know, make the sale and not follow through, not come through with the product on the appointed time. You're not going to do it again. This last and first and last time that you're going to do that. Yep. Cast your check. Hope it lasts. And depending on the business that you work for, it could be the last time you ever. Well, honestly, I I know uh, um, if you sell something like uh, Marshall was telling us when we were down there, you make a sale to Walmart for Black Friday, and they spend like you know ten million dollars to get all this all this merchandise in you know four hundred five hundred different stores across the nation. And you don't deliver? You don't get it there? I would assume you're done. You're 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 done. But you now have to anything they do get, you have to buy back from them. So not only they're not gonna pay for anything, and anything that got delivered to them, you gotta buy it back yep. and ship it to yourself. So it's like getting hit twice. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when I see stress on my boss's face because, you know, the, all, we're, we're busy, it's not that building stress. No. It's, you know, everything. Yeah, it's a big, big, uh, I mean, I forget. A lot of times, and you know, they like to say it. You know, we are uh, more and more because we just purchased another company. Uh, we are the the largest manufacturer of children's coloring activity stuff. So, Heavy is the head. It's not my head. That's that's for sure. Thank God. Yeah. Christ. But no, uh, I said before we uh, started recording, I watched uh, Blue Eye Samurai on Netflix. 
uh, you know, a samurai revenge story set in uh, 1610 or something, Japan, you know. Uh, all the Westerners have been expelled out of the country and a lot of uh, shit going down and uh, follows this one character who's on a revenge arc, but really cool. Awesome animation, like 3D animation that looks like, you know, cartoon. Mm -hmm. Cool characters. Uh, the A lot of the characters had, uh, over the course of eight or ten episodes, I think, they, there was a lot of growth in, uh, like, the main cast. Mm -hmm. The characters changed uh, and grew uh, throughout the, the course of the story, but really cool. There's an actual legit dungeon run in part of it. Going through, you know, they're going through a uh, obstacle course to try to get to somebody. Hmm. It's really, it's really fucking cool. But yeah, if you uh, get a chance, I will it's, check it's, it's 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 worth a, a watch. I watched the killer. I did too, and I liked it, but it was kind of. I don't want to say predictable because it wasn't predictable. It was just, it did exactly what you thought it was going to do. I watched a Christmas. Is that fair? That is fair. Uh, and, and, but my addition to that is that um, uh, I, I was pleased every time I got there. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a very dark side of the hired killer out for revenge uh, story. Yeah. I can't, I, I, I mean, I'll say in the end, yeah, he did what he needed to and uh, what he, you know, this journey he was taking us on, you know, was fulfilling, but uh wasn't very uh, romantic like some of these uh, hired killer stories like to play themselves. He was definitely the bad guy. Yeah. Ooh. And there, but there was a there was one point um, uh, for people who haven't seen it. I will just say a slip on the ice. Uh, played out exactly how I wanted it to. Okay. Yeah, I want to fall for that either. That was very much a a breakdown moment. You know, like no, you don't go in there and get the keys and run away. You shoot them all, and then you rifle through their pockets and find the keys. True. So last night I watched what is probably one of my new favorite Christmas movies. Oh, God. No, no. It's called Letters to Satan Claus. Yep. I remember you talking about it last year. 
I, God, I love that movie. Karen was watching a sequel to the Christmas story last night. Yeah. And I'm like, God, is it as bad as the first one? I mean, I like a Christmas story. Yeah, because, you know, it is. Everyone has to have their one flaw, and there it goes. I did not. I also like that. Yeah. I didn't think it was not as terrible as I thought it would be. So I'll give them that because my expectations started so very low that they met those expectations. Yeah, it, it definitely could have been worse. Yeah, if you told me they were going to come up with whatever they did, at least this one. I don't know, was there an actual story that went with it? Um, like, the guy didn't write a story for that. No. Scene, did he? Okay. No. But it very much went along with kind of what happened with the guy anyway, like the original right. author. So we're not that far off of things. Right. I mean, I'm fairly confident that you could maybe convince your wife to give uh, letters to Satan Clause a, a try, right? Um, well, where would she find such a thing? It's on Hulu. Yeah, she's not going to find it. Why? It's like canceled Hulu. There was oh. never anything on there I wanted to watch. God, and here I am, like waiting for the final season of Stranger Things because then I'm probably canceling Netflix. Yeah. Every once in a while there's my a... kids watch on that. I can't cancel Netflix. I can cancel some of the other ones, but well you're going to uh I mean Avatar Last Airbenders in February. So you'll have to re up it then. I mean I'm gonna give it a try. You mean the A plus live action movie? Yes. I am. No, it's a series. It's not a movie. I know. I was making a joke. I am. I am not holding my breath. Uh, the, the fucking trailer looks amazing. Uh, they, they made sure to show a few points that, uh, definitely separate it from the live action movie. Okay. You know, they sh- there's a really cool uh, sequence. It looks, I think it's Zuko like jumping up in the air, and he kind of spins around and does this axe kick coming down, and it's just trailing this fireball. You know, Ooh. so he's it. The special effects, the shit in the trailer looks like the um cartoon come to life okay and uh i know the list of the episode titles have been released and i watched a video where a guy was like going off the title names speculating and then the original series you know what things happen in certain order what um possibly in that episode because they're each one is like an hour long Hmm. so you know they can put several of the original i mean honestly in an hour there's enough time to put full three animated episodes in there but they're not going to have everything in there right and they're 
just just judging by uh, one of the titles, like halfway through the series, he's speculating that there will be um, a either a flashback or a, a vignette to the Fire Nation because Ty Lee and uh, um, God Zuko's girlfriend, I forget her name. Uh, they've been cast and will be in the first season, right. and they weren't. They weren't in the first season because they came in May. May, yes. Those, those two characters have been cast for the first season, and uh, to oh. my knowledge, they weren't in the first season. No, they were. They came along with Azula. Yeah, that was so, the third season, right? Yeah, and she didn't show up until the last basically minute of the last uh, episode of the season one or book one. Sorry. So there, I think they're going to introduce her earlier. Okay. I mean, I'm okay with that. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, the character exists, so it's just where, how you want to rearrange the story. Yeah. Um, You know, like one episode is titled masks. So, you know, obviously, I don't think you can have the first season and and not include uh, blue spirit, a very prominent blue mask. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a big turning point uh, for a couple of the characters. So that has to be in there. I mean, I, I'm just gonna say, like, I don't want. A faithful shot-by-shot recreation. Oh no, I I want, but uh, live action. You know, I want to guess here yeah. and there, but there's the some stuff. Thing, you you got to be careful because this is so near and dear to so many people. Yeah, if if you fuck up a couple of things, you will I, not be forgiven. I, I will shut it off and not care. I didn't get through the first episode of Cowboy Bebop. Um, I the did. Live act, the live action version. I didn't get through I, the first episode. I never watched the anime, though. I, I watched the anime, and I have nothing but good memories of it. And that was not, not anything that I remember. So... Okay. I mean, I, I I didn't hate it. I I'll go so far as to say that I enjoyed it. Well, but that, that's kind of like my approach to One Piece. I never watched One Piece. Right. And I watched the live action and I'm like, I this is fun. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. I think so, if, if yeah, they would have if they would have approached Cowboy Bebop as like, you know, in like in that universe and it's just another story, you know, they, they probably could have Maybe. gotten away with some of the changes. I think they wouldn't have had so many dissenters. Yeah. But, you know, if, if you're telling me that you're going to do Avatar The Last Airbender in its Aang story and its, you know, 
not not a faithful recreation, but a an interesting retelling. Um, like man, the 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 shit that goes down at the Water Tribe with Iro and fuck yeah, <laughs> that you're gonna have to fucking nail that shit. Yeah, and there's there's gonna have to be a handful of lines and scenes you you can't yeah. Iroh's stand versus the the rest the Zhao's guys yeah has to be there otherwise Iroh isn't the character right isn't the same character right but i know um like one of the things that is uh you know being deduced from uh, episode titles and uh, releasing of cast and stuff. Um, they're going to expand some of the stories and sure. cut out other parts, like you know the Great Divide. Really, not necessarily uh, necessary to the story. Doesn't really bring anything to anybody that we didn't know about. It's out, but there's one episode early called Warriors. And um, I know they uh, cast a, I don't know, well-known or at least a prominent actress to play, like uh, uh, Suki. So they're going to, I think, expand beyond the 22 minutes given to the Kiyoshi Warriors and uh, Kiyoshi Island. I think they're going to expand upon that uh, story a bit, or they're going to be there a little longer before the what, the Rhino writers or whatever show up. Yeah. Or Zuko shows up and fucks up everything. So, that's a that'll be welcome because you know, as important as Suki is in you know, to the story in the end It'd be nice to develop her a little bit more at the beginning. True. True. But I mean, I know this, this is the first season, but uh, some of my best, my favorite moments are like in later seasons. And those would be the ones that like, if they don't get that right. I'm going to be mad. Yeah. Like, uh, when Zuko and Katara go off to find the guy that killed her mother. Mm -hmm. That episode is monumental. And it honestly sets up the Agni Kai scene with him, Katara, and Azula. That whole sacrifice play that he does. Yeah. That isn't there without their connection. No, no. So, yeah. Oh, I, I could talk about Avatar forever, but I'm, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to have to be a pretty quick home run, or I think we'll you'll know. I, I think the first episode is probably going to be beat for beat. I, th I think they're going to have to, because you know, that just establishes the characters, establishes the world, the magic, and the conflict of of uh, Zuko and Aang, and he's the Avatar, and 
Katara, uh, Sokka basically have to help him get, you know, where he's going. Right. That there's really not much room for anything other than just do that. But if it's an hour long, they could go right to, I think it's the second episode where they go to the air temple and he sees everybody's dead. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you basically, those flow right into each other. So, Yeah, means means too much for honestly Netflix to survive if they fuck it up. Yeah, it's a they've good been, point. They they they've been trading on Avatar for how many years now? I mean, they yeah. put it they put it on there during COVID, and the popularity of Avatar exploded because everyone was home binging everything. Yeah. Sitting, working from home, just watching TV, and oh, what's this Avatar thing? And I remember the girls were at school, pissed off because their friends were like, "Oh, have you seen this?" And she's like, "They're like, fuck yeah, we've seen it." Yeah, where the fuck? Where where the fuck have you been? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that they they traded on that so much. And, I mean, that made them kings of the streamers during COVID. So those uh, people jumping on watching that. And now to to jump in and say, okay, we're going to do a live action version of this. You you can't fuck that up. You could argue that Netflix always had a selection of anime. But you could argue that COVID and the success of putting something like Avatar out there really kind of catapulted them in in that genre. Not that I'm, I'm not saying that Avatar is anime. I know that's a Oh, that's a touchy subject for a lot of people, but yeah, it's 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 got the same audience and honestly deserves the same respect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say that you know, in terms of of that genre, it's definitely probably in my top three. I don't know if I would put it above Samurai Seven. Is that is just still to this day that's that's my anime series of choice. I like Fully Cooly. Um, I would say Ninja Scrolls probably still my favorite overall anime, specifically the Ninja Scroll movie. Uh, but I recognize that. Um, that that movie would not get made today. Uh, okay, Ninja Scrolls. I don't know what it is. I've never watched it, but I know your uh, affinity for the Scorpion in L five R. Did one influence the other, and which one? Well, it's which one came first? So, I think from a strict. Like timeline, 
I would say Ninja Scroll predates L5R. Okay. But uh, I think the popularity of Ninja Scroll didn't happen until later. Uh, I mean, there was a time when uh, Wizards owned L5R that there was serious consideration being given to acquiring the IP and bringing elements of the Ninja Scroll universe into L5R because okay. there are Oni, there are, you know, Samurai. There's some overlap story yeah. there. There's, there's some overlap there that, you know, they could have, how they could have brought some of those characters into, uh, L5R pretty seamlessly. And I think there for a little bit, uh, Wizards was trying to find a way to uh, boost the popularity of the properties that they picked up in that acquisition. Yeah. I th- I, honestly, I enjoyed those games, uh, L5R and, and Doom Town. Deadlands, you know, iterations of the same thing. But uh, it was the story universe that honestly sold me on them. I loved combing their L5R page for those little... They weren't even chapters or really stories they were just kind of like little vignettes of yep uh, of a setting and a situation i i freaking loved them ate them up yep and the, the novels that they did one for each clan are still some of my favorite fiction uh, it, it really it made that world real yeah, I went. Mean, um, you know, it, it's 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 so much. I mean, it's easy to play like Snap. I I know all those characters. Right. They they don't really kind of come come into play in the game as you know some of their abilities. Spider Man, the way they reworked that character, totally is Spider Man now. Yeah. Um, but playing L five R and I remember putting some of the characters in my deck because I wanted them with another character because I read the story where they were together and it was fucking awesome. Obviously, these cards got to work together. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how poor of a player I was. (laughs) I mean, to to speak to my love of L5R, I routinely name characters in game in games after l5r characters i mean my druid right now because i knew i was going to do something uh bear related Mm -hmm. is kisada okay the bear yeah kita right yeah yeah uh Next season, when I play a rogue, it will probably be 
a scorpion uh, named character because it's you know on theme on brand. Uh, I my, my barbarian that I made last season was Kyoso. Yes. You know, I I do this quite a lot. I usually trade on the same names over and over, and this is I think Diablo was the first time I just. I mean, one of my characters is named Gree. Yeah. It's just like four letters, find a, a consonant, a couple of vowels or whatever, and just make the name. But uh, there's a series on Netflix. It's basically a docudrama about samurai. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically the change mm -hmm. uh, in... in Japan's history from going to from all the feudal lords to a united country in like yeah. 15 1555 to like 1600 something uh but watching that just makes me feel like I'm watching L5R uh, I just <laughs> yeah. A couple of times I'm like, where are the Shigenja? <laughs> it's like, where the fuck are they? Come on, man. That was like one of my favorite parts. I have to have magic. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah. What those L5R stories and the Doomtown stories. I remember, uh, what was it? The Crow's Nest? Was yeah. The website. I remember combing over that thing, trying to find because I came into Deadlands very late, you know, I, playing with you guys. I came into it well after, you know, basically the big story arcs happened. Mm, and yeah. I remember coming back to, to, to uh, I wanted to read a story about uh, when the load was discovered, you know, when the flock and the Wadleys, you know, brought McNevin and all that. I, I wanted to read all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I was say, working at I was working at the area agency. I remember opening up that website at the agency and like copying and pasting those the that text out into like one word document and printing off like a thirty page document just so I can just take it home and read it. I will say one of the the things. I mean, I know Jeff, you and I were. You were working at the place. I was not working there yet mm -hmm. when Deadlands came out. Yeah. And we were just all excited because it was a new game and it looked really fun and it was based on poker. And we knew it had the pedigree of the the same story. L5R. Yeah. And the idea that you could play this game and you could go to these tournaments and you could do this stuff and it would actually have a tangible noticeable effect on how the game was designed and in choices and things and you know how it would impact the story like that was a huge deal well yeah i remember that that first uh origins i went down when i was playing with you guys and uh there's the guy from ag taking notes during yeah. that that last battle 
basically uh, marking off story-wise which characters are going to die by who was dying on the field, on the board. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that, that, that game was the story. Yeah, that was super cool. I always lamented that my uh, Corrupt the Dragon uh, team didn't get to do more during the beginning of Jade. Or, yeah, Jade and the Hidden Emperor arc. We tried so hard. We got some corruption into the Dragon Clan, but it just wasn't as much as we were hoping for. I never understood that. So many people that played L5R like wanted to corrupt the clan. They like they it was their clan and they wanted them to be corrupt. Why? Because that's where the cool uh, shit comes from. So well, yeah. Cobra well, had all the cool vehicles. The the big push behind the corrupt the dragon movement was actual story beats that before we started that had already been kind of put into place. Uh, Miramoto Hitomi had already taken the obsidian hand because she had lost hers. Uh, fuck. I can't remember the name of the champion, the fucking actual original Kami. Yes, God, why couldn't I remember his name? Because you have, uh, you have failed. Yeah. That's awful. He like, was the guy that was a dragon, right? Yes. Like, he had died and sacrificed himself, and there were some, I don't want to say hurt feelings, but there was some resentment some, at the way that... Hurt people? <laughs> there was some resentment at the way that that was handled. And so between... Hitomi already kind of embracing corruption and some unhappiness with the way the developers and designers took away uh, the the Dragon Clan like feather in the cap. Uh, it was okay, fine. We're we're gonna bring the Shadowlands out of the Shadowlands, and we're we're gonna have a thing. And then there was just like really cool characters like Kokujin. Like his, he was never like a great card, but he was a super interesting card and a fun card. And he was one of those things like admittedly. He was the one that made the blood swords, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, he was part of it. Well, he was with Ayuchi Bon and all of them, right? Yeah. He was with Yajindan and yeah. So he made the, I think they were, they ended up calling them the greed swords. Okay. Uh, they, they were blood sword light, but like he was such an interesting character. And then to find out like, he, oh, he was a disgraced former Tagashi monk. Uh, like there was just so many things already there. And we were like, well, okay, if if you're gonna fuck us, we're we're gonna show you. And the corrupted dragon movement gave birth to the honorable dragon movement. And there were fucking tournaments where not that people were like seriously getting out of hand about it, but like 
those two sides looked forward to the matches that they would play against each other because it was it was like you you were playing for something more than just the wins and that those matchups like it it really did feel like you were playing for the heart and soul of something I mean, are still a thing? No. Well, not a card game anymore. Like, back when I was in Paris, that was the one game where every weekend there was a tournament. Yeah. Like, they were always doing that, and it was popular, like, well, not all over the world, but, you know, U.S. and all over Europe. Yeah. I remember you you had a bunch of, like, foreign text cards, right? Probably, yeah. There was a lot that, uh, yeah, because every week you'd play and then, you know, packs would be given out as prizes, things like that. So, and yeah, picking up a lot here and there. Yeah. The, uh, God, I, I miss L5R. I had hopes when Alderac said, hey, you know, just monetarily, this doesn't make sense for us to continue to make a card game when, you know, we're shifting out of that market and into more, you know, larger tabletop games. So we're going to sell this off to a company that actually makes card games and specializes in card games. And was that the Fantasy Flight one? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And it was fucking dreadful. <clears throat> like... They're the ones that also had, uh, like, Game of Thrones. And I don't know anybody who really liked that. Game of Thrones seems crazy complicated. Like, Deadlands is complicated. Game of Thrones was, like, uber complicated. I mean, the starter set came with a whole bag of pieces to track shit. It's like, yeah, Too much. Yeah. I did like that the, the other thing they did well is they were one of the first to do the like living card game where you bought the expansion it got four of each card and you called it a day. Right. Like it wasn't collectible. Right. And I think that's a better format, especially the older I get. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not out say. here trying to <laughs> collect a bunch of individual cards. I would like, yeah, to say, I'm not, here's I, my I, money. Give me I all can't the uh, devote a credit card to each card game I want to play. Right. Yeah. Like I could I do not understand how my coworker maintains a competitive commander magic deck. Like that's just I mean mind blowing. Does he have multiple children? No, he has no children. Okay. That's, that's why. He's got cardboard babies. Yeah. Yeah. Cardboard babies. Wow. It's, it's uh, funny. Because he's jealous of your card. Uh, hashtag, hashtag, uh, um, copyright that cardboard mm-hmm. babies is a thing. Wow, cost the same. Yeah, if not yeah. more. I mean, he's probably dropped six, seven grand on his commander deck this year. This year? Oh this shit! Year. Well, because like. You know, he had a good commander deck. It was very solid. 
But there were things that he was missing to make it top tier. Like I'm going to go play in big tournaments with this thing. Like he did. Does he? Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah, you don't have to take you know Bobby to the basketball tournament. You right. just take your deck to the Magic tournament. Yeah. Yeah, like. He's now got a full set of dual lands. He's now got, you know, all kinds of expensive cards, which it's mind blowing to me. Some of the cards that are expensive now. Yeah. Like we all played in Mirage. None of us liked Lion's Eye Diamond. <clears throat> right. That's like a $300 yeah. card now. That's the thing. Like it's all of these, like, oh man, if only I'd save these, but you look at it and you're like, nope, there were 10 separate points when I would have sold off the whole collection and thought I got a fantastic deal. Right. Like there's no way anybody would be like, no, I'm going to hold out for 30 years. Right. Right. It well, was a hundred percent like, like a oh, I need some money. I sold some cards and you did it again and you did it again. And I've sold right. off every five years or so. It's like a soul ring. I think I got one in every starter deck I got. For a right. long time, yeah. Well, I mean, you still get them now, but the old ones are what's valuable. Yeah. The card itself is really easy. I mean, I started playing uh, at Revised. I so. was in Visions, I believe, was the active set. I started playing... Uh, revised was out, 4th was... But 4th had been announced when I started playing. Yeah, I got the fourth edition starter set as my introduction, whatever. Yeah. Um, but you know. Yeah, like- I was, I was a mere child. It was hard to get to the store on my own. Fourth edition was, I wanna say like two- or 95. No. Yeah, it was like two months away. It might've been 94. Yeah, yeah, I think it was 94. I think it was two months away. edition was 95, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was right before 4th came out. Uh, Ice Age was out, is that right? Ice Age came out 4th, after 4th. I think it was the first. It was the first. Because that was Jester's Cash. Yeah. Yeah. Ice Age came out before Mirage. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, Ice Age didn't get a full block, which is weird. Because then they went. Yeah, because it was Ice Age, Homelands, Homelands and then Alliance. Nothing. Yeah. No, there was Alliances. You know was that? Oh, that was the block then. Why? They just, because Homelands and Alliances were weird, unrelated to Ice Age. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they had a block, but it wasn't a coherent block. Yeah. It wasn't a coherent. Well, it was also like the first block. Right. Well, they were also, the whole story was just, they were skipping from world to world, kind of. Right, right. Before, like, yeah, Mirage, Visions, Weatherlight was like the first where they actually had a story started. And then I love the Wrath block because that was probably the best, like, story to card tie-in. Because before that, it was a bunch of just Bible verses and Shakespeare and whatever quotes were free to use. Right. And then it became an actual story-based thing in Mirage Block, and then it became a good story that they planned around in Wrath. And then 
it kind of just went all over the place, but like it stopped feeling like there were consequences to the cards after the wrath block. So right. It had one good block where it was cool and then back to not. Yeah. Yeah. I was I, I was a I I will freely admit this. I was a terrible magic player for probably the first two years <clears throat> I played. I'm a terrible card game player, but I doesn't stop me from enjoying them. Yeah, yeah I think like, Doomtown is literally the only card game I've ever been marginally good at. Yeah. Like L5R, I could get to 500, but once again, the people that we could have played with in our area were all people that played these games a lot. I Mage Knight was the first places. game that I was, uh, I felt I was good at. Yeah, the we, first, were, we were pretty good at that. The first time I ever, I, I don't want to say vindicated, but that I felt like, you know what? I'm better at this game than I thought I was, was when uh, the realm was still in the Cervex Center. Yep, remember that. And uh, we were all back to gaming again. And I hadn't played L5R in a while, but they were having a their first tournament was an open format L5R tournament. And I brought Ninja Blitz. <laughs> yeah, I wondered why you were good. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna play with these five year, you know, five year old cards that uh, are OP compared to anything. And what was it, Diamond? Yeah, no, Diamond wasn't out yet. It was still gold. That was just was a gold. That was or, just yeah. making use of the requirements put on the tournament. Yeah. yeah. So, well, that was the. That was a dumb tournament organizer. That's what it was. Organizer, yeah. But I, I came in. I played Ninja Blitz, and just I, I, it was finally the Ninja. You came in on your dirt bike and raced us all on our bicycles. Yes, yes, you did a good job. No, Jeff brought a (laughs) high quality deck. (laughs) Okay, there's one other guy with a moped. No, no I, Jeff. I think I was. I think I was also playing Ninja Blitz. Oh, okay. just two dirt bags riding into town, being dicks to the locals. That sound pretty accurate. Yeah. No, there was there was another guy who brought Crane Turbo Honor, which was a legit deck. Mm-hmm. That's right. My dad is going to shut down the beach and put in a chemical plant. And Evan would have been there with the Phoenix. Yeah, Evan. Evan that was playing that shit Phoenix thing that should not work on paper. Right. Yeah. But that wasn't that the only decks he played were like ones no one else could conceive. Oh, absolutely. That, that was Evan's shtick. He didn't beat you because he had superior cards. He beat you because Evan, I swear to God, Evan should have been a professional poker player. Because of luck or because he was really good? Oh, you were never going to figure out. By the time you figured out what he was doing, it was too late, and his deck could do at least two things. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, but on- with poker, like you're a lot more, you don't have a lot of options. Right, but he could read his opponent. Yeah, okay. Like, like he, he could look at you, and he could tell in the situation presented what you were going to do. And it wasn't just L5R. 
He did this shit in fucking magic. He did this shit in Deadlands. Dude, we went to a Deadlands tournament at Comic Adventures. Jeff wasn't there yet, so Evan bought oh a God. goddamn starter deck yeah. in like three packs and is just fucking housing the people but that are there with their tournament decks. But was so pissed about it. He was so angry when we got there. What starter was it? Uh, Coalition. Soon? No. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. It, it, was, it was Coalition. Co he went with Coalition because it, it would give him uh, more options on starters. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. He just, he just fucking destroyed people. It was not fair. And it included Tombstone Frank. Which I think was his favorite card in the game. I did enjoy that card. Coalition was Rangers and Agency, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He could. He could uh, to to use the term the young people use. He could soul read his opponent. He believed in the heart of the cards. No, he was the heart. The of heart the of the cards. <laughs> yeah. The cards believed in him. Yes. Yes. Very. Very much so. Oh, I still remember when I earned his respect. Yeah? Yeah. Because it was a game you know, that we it was a game we never got to finish. Oh, okay. Was uh, it his goal to make the other person spike their deck or something? I don't think it was ever like a, a stated intention, but he did take joy in that. I mean, it probably was in certain tournaments. Oh, yeah. Just not in certain time. opponents. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's the first person that I ever saw make Graham Chorella spike their deck. I'm sorry, Jeff. I jumped on your story. No, you're fine. I I, uh, I, I also enjoyed uh, it, it, it. There was that one time I made Bob real pissed yeah yeah but i that was just to prove a point in retrospect the point only was that i was an asshole well that was the point half the time that was the point 90 percent of the time well it succeeded half the time i i don't i I look back on how how I was as a human being when I would play people back then, and uh, do you feel bad? I kind of do. <laughs> like, I I kind of do. I was not a good guy. Like, I was a real dick in er, in the early days. I I have gotten better. I think as long as you recognize. Now it. you're just a medium dick. Kind of. Someday you'll be a small dick. As long as you can recognize that, I think. No, that's, I think I'll always be a medium one because if I'm if I'm gonna continue to ever have to interact with people, um, um, like that husband and wife couple that I don't care for, uh huh. There's a medium amount of dickery that's gonna need to be there. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure what you're referencing, but that's fine. I, I think I know, but I I don't know their names. I think I remember stories. 
Yeah, it's a husband oh, and wife oh, oh, oh. duo. Deadlands, okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I I I, I think I fell into those games just because that's what you guys were doing and I was hanging out with you guys time, but really I just fell in love with those stories. Yeah. The, the, the worlds that were created around those products. Speaking of created <clears throat> worlds and products, I'm going to need to kill audio because if we're going to play any D and D tonight, we also have some business stuff we need to talk about. Okay. Okay. Kill it.